Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode. My name is Sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from Amsterdam. Since RuPaul's Drag Race on Netflix, drag has become quite famous, also in the Netherlands, even though it already has a quite long tradition here. But even if the Netherlands are quite liberal in comparison, things are far from perfect here, especially for drag queens. My guest for today has decided to start an agency to support local drag artists in the Netherlands. Welcome, Danielle Gischkoot. Hi, thanks. How did you come up with the idea to start the drag agency? So um, I wasn't part of the drag scene before. Um, it actually was because I uh, booked a queen myself for my 28th birthday. And I contacted her through Instagram. And it was because uh, out of drag, I worked with her um, in Paradiso years ago so it was about 12 years ago and I remembered on Facebook that I saw that um well Hoax LeBeau was the queen um was not very active on on social media platforms so I thought you know what I'll book her uh actually to be really honest I wanted to book another queen first and she wasn't available so I got to hoax but it was all through Instagram and then when I booked her um I said Afterwards, you know, let's have a coffee because I think it's super cool what you do. And I think you can inspire a lot of people. So let's have a drink and let's see how we can do that. Maybe we can set up a workshop or something else. Uh, so we we had a chat and we sat down and I said, well, you must have an agent because you're very famous. She was on TV at that time. So I said, you must be super famous. So you must have an agent. And she didn't. And then I just figured it would be really cool to do this. And I didn't have any experience yet being an agent or a manager but it's uh, something I learned on the job and it's super fun uh, so that's how it came about so it was actually through a booking I did myself and I found that it wasn't there yet so I, I figured it should be. How many artists are currently part of your agency and what does your agency do exactly? I assume you book events for the artists and you're just kind of promoting them? So we We currently have 10 artists and we want to add uh, perhaps two more in the future now. So that's exciting. Um, and what we do is we do a booking and management and it, it varies per person how much we do of it and in what way we do it. But we find events for them and we also look at their future plans. So where do you want to go? Do you want to be on TV? Do you want to start a one woman show? Do you want to uh, create an art piece, for example? So we look at, okay, what are your future goals and how can we make sure we facilitate some cool assignments in that case? So um, so that's how we go about. So we really take over or take on the task um, of, of uh, yeah, finding the right jobs for them to fit their career. Do you have drag queens only or do you also have drag kings? We only have drag queens now, but it was always the idea we would also have drag kings. The reason why we didn't... Uh, sign any drag kings yet is because the scene is much smaller 
So there definitely would be space to do all kinds of drag performance, but the scene is much smaller. So um, the requests aren't as high yet. And uh, on the the other side, um, there's not that many uh, jobs that they do yet. So once it gets really bigger, of course, we'll take them on. So it's uh, maybe something for in the future. What are events that people can book your artists for? It could be, it's a very wide range. So it's from, say, big corporate events we've done live and online. Uh, we've done uh, personal parties like weddings or birthdays. We've done um, uh, hosting on stage for shows. Uh, so it's it's all kinds of events, but it could also be in a club or in a bar, for example. For those people that want to get started in drag, that are dreaming of a career, what would you advise? What do they need? What kind of skills? Oh, that's really hard for me to say because I'm not a, I'm not a queen myself. Um, but what what you need first of all is a lot of guts and just do it. Um, so the mentality you need to have, and uh, I think you need to have a lot of discipline and perseverance so you need to keep doing it keep perfecting it so uh, a friend of mine for example started this well and doesn't do it as much anymore um, it's really I think about keep trying keep doing it keep perfecting your craft but I think that goes for all forms of arts what are the things that you would tell them before they start things you also did not know you said you're not a queen yourself but things that you learned as a manager and as an agent I learned to uh, communicate about everything, everything, everything. So I think that's different when you're a team manager. So I was a team manager before of multiple teams in, in different companies. And it's, um, it's different. So some things you don't say for reasons uh, or you hold back because it's not relevant. For example, when you're working together with a person on a career, you have to be transparent about everything. So that's really something that I learned. I also learned to uh, be patient and I learned to set boundaries because it's really easy when you manage someone's career. Of course, for them, it's all-compassing, um, but it's really important to set your own boundaries as well. And for example, after this time, the phone is not going to be picked up or um, these are really some things you need to figure out yourself. Yeah, and I, I really learned that uh, being an artist is one of the hardest jobs there is. And I just really, I created so much more respect for other performers i think in general it is quite difficult for artists in the netherlands and in general to make a living out of their art but are there currently drag artists in the netherlands that actually can live being a drag queen or a drag dragging for sure yeah, yeah yeah there's quite a few out there now so that's really good so um a lot of our talent actually they they only do drag there's some that also have a side job so it's it's definitely it's both um, and especially, I mean, in these times with Corona, there's more and more that also pick up a side job. And it's really something that I advise for everyone out there. If you're an entrepreneur, I mean, if it's tough times, then uh, it's good to keep uh, something on the side as well. So it's there's quite a few that can do it full time, for sure. What are typical misconceptions that people have of drag artists, in general, people that are maybe not involved in the scene and don't know anything about th about them? What do they usually think? that they are all hysterical. <laughs> That's something that we hear a lot. So that they're really over the top and loud and not all queens are the same as people. I mean, you can't always assume that a woman is, for example, very quiet or very loud, you know, or that a kid is very wild. 
So it's the same. A drag artist is not always hysterical. Some of them are very aesthetic and they're very beautiful. Some of them are do comedy. Some of them do something else. But you can't assume that they all do the same thing. Um, also, a misconception is that it takes a lot shorter than it actually does. So usually I think that it takes only like an hour to prepare, but it's in, in like in general, it's like two or two and a half hours at least. Um, so people are always amazed by that. Um, and I think also a big misconception is um, that uh, uh, drag artists are really starting artists. Some of them have been doing this for years and years and years, but the scene has really just come up as big as it is now because of uh, TV shows, for example. But it's it's been there for so long. Like in the 80s already, there were queens performing in clubs. So I think it's a misconception that it's like a very new thing and that they're new performers. Some of them have been doing this for, for years. The Netherlands have the reputation to be a rather liberal country. Do you think that life here is easier for drag artists compared to other places? Ooh, I don't know. Because uh, to be honest, I don't know what it's like living in other places. I do think that it's... Uh, quite accepting because we already had so many pioneers that went before the drag artists now and made sure that it's safe for them to be who they are. I think we're pretty accepting. There's always a lot of steps to take though. So it really depends. I think the Netherlands is a broad term because some cities or some parts of cities you shouldn't go to uh, just to be safe. And it's even here in Amsterdam. I mean, uh, if you go to some of the busier squares, where there's a lot of straight guys or guys that just came from a football match, for example, it can be quite dangerous. So I think it's quite accepting. I don't know, compared to other countries, um, if this is the best place, but I would say it is relatively safe for drag artists. Actually, I have a drag queen on this podcast. I have an episode with Lady Galore. Nice. And she spoke about how she often does not feel safe in her own building. There are some neighbors that are not super accepting or she had a clash with a taxi driver who was ranting about uh, homosexuals and, and drag artists and she was just not feeling safe in that situation at all. And this was in Amsterdam. Yeah, see, so I think it can be anywhere. It could be, so that's the thing, right? Like it's also micro versus macro. So you can say Amsterdam as a whole is quite safe. But uh, if you walk on uh, a Rembrandt Square, it can be super unsafe when there's just been a football match. Or, yeah, like that example of Lady Galore, it can be something in, in your building that isn't accepting. So I think it's really hard to say in general if it's safe or not. It can be a family member or a friend even. From your point of view or from what you hear from your artists, what are the problems they're currently struggling with the most? Corona. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, it's a struggle. I, I just, yeah, period. I think Corona is just a struggle because they are performers. They need to perform. They need to be on stage and they can't. Uh, so this is a huge, huge thing for them. Yeah, what they struggle with still, I think a, a big thing is if apart from Corona, like when they're performing or so, a big thing still is transports. So Ubers that cancel or are very rude Uh, it's not, sorry, I'm, I'm mentioning Uber now, but it could be a taxi. It could be just any kind of driver if they, uh, if they book something. So that's always is a big issue, I think. And just, um, yeah, being in public transport sometimes as well. So when they need to go on a train with makeup, that's super hard too. So I think that's, that's still a bit of an issue that they face. What are changes that you would like to see in the society when it comes to drag? 
Yeah, again, it's hard talking from my perspective because I'm not a queen myself. So I can't say what it feels like for them. Um, what I do think, though, is that what still needs to change is uh, it's it's being accepted more widely, more and more, step by step. But I think we still need to really see it as an art form. And we're, I mean, a lot of people are working really hard for that. Um, but still, it really needs its own place in being accepted as the art form that it is. For example, in in commercials, in TV shows, um, I mean, we can use these artists a lot more to to spread a message of of acceptance and diversity. So uh, I think that can still change. What are your plans for the future for the drag agency? Uh, so it's to be really honest, it's really going to depend on Corona. But uh, we are planning to do more productions of our own, so set up more events. Um, so really cool things are happening with that next year, we hope, if the government allows us. I mean, we're just dreaming of becoming bigger and bigger with the drag scene in general. So I think if if I can dream big, like we want to make our own TV shows more and more. We want to set up our own uh, part of the company that is also doing music, for example. So there are some really cool plans that we still want to pursue. For people that want to get to know more about drag, that want to educate themselves, which places would you advise them to go to or which films to watch or which series or which books to read? Watch RuPaul's Drag Race. And then in general, or just uh, most of all, watch Drag Race Holland's. Because that's a really good show to learn from and to see the queens. So I think that's a really good one to watch. I mean, that's that's a good way to enter the drag scene. I mean, there's there's older films as well. Uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, for example, that you can also watch. Um, but I think Drag Race now is a really good one to see also the story behind drag. Because they tell about that, what the art's about. They lip sync. They create their outfits. Um, and what people also can do is just go to a live show so they re see what it's really about. So still during the day, there's live shows. So I definitely recommend people to go there. And Lady Galore has also recently published a book, which is called Glitter macht alles better. Glitter makes everything better. So a quick reference to that one as well. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Yeah, it's really good that she brought out that book. How can people support you and the drag agency? by organizing events online during this time. We really need to support the queen. So we need people to book more with them. Um, and especially around Christmas, like make it super busy for them. So uh, making bookings is the best they can do. Daniela, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in and for supporting this podcast. If you want to support Amsterdamus even more, there are several options to do so. You can check out the Amsterdamus Facebook page and leave a review. Depending on which podcast app you are using to listen to this podcast, you can also rate Amsterdamus there with a five-star review. In Apple Podcasts, for example, it is possible. Of course, you can also follow Amsterdamus on Instagram. In case you would like to give me some feedback, or you know a person that needs to be interviewed for this podcast, you can send me an email. The email address is amsterdamaspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again and have a great day.